1: Purple Insider presented by Liquid Death. Go to liquiddeath.com/insider and learn about the tall boy can which actually has water. Find out where you can get it near you at liquiddeath.com/insider. To another episode of Purple Insider, Matthew Collar here, and joining me a return guest. Sometimes we just brought him on for the heck of it, just to talk ball. But now we actually have a Vikings and Washington Commanders game. Mark Bullock at Mark Bullock NFL on Twitter writes markbullock.substack.com, formerly the Athletic, Washington Post contributor. What is up, Mark? Great to have you back, buddy.
0: Uh, it's uh, good to be back here, and especially on a day where we had some some relatively exciting news from a Washington's fans perspective. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, good to be back. Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, I, I really do want to get into the X's and O's of this game, but, I mean, parades are being thrown in <laughs> D.C. at the idea of Daniel Snyder being gone. And I've seen this on Twitter, and I have to ask you about it, uh, your opinion, because a lot of people are saying that they would rather have Snyder gone than win a Super Bowl. Now, this is – to put this under – things franchises with Super Bowl rings in their history say, because I think that the Vikings and Vikings fans might view it differently. Uh, but uh, I think that there's actually truth to that, that a lot of fans would rather see that man gone from owning their team than they would winning the Super Bowl this year.
0: Yeah, 100%. I, I, I don't doubt that a large majority of this fan base would would much prefer Snyder to be out than to win the Super Bowl, um, I, I, I think. Just the, what, going on 30 years now or something like that, that, that Snyder's been owning this team or 25 years, however it is, just the amount of controversy and the terrible product he's put on the field and the, the intervening and, and forcing quarterbacks on coaches and different free agent busts and all the, not to mention all the, obviously the misconduct stuff that's gone on behind the scenes. Um, all of that stuff is just, it's built up this huge toll on the, on the fan base. And, and you know, that this was once a, a great franchise and it still somehow manages to be one of the most valuable sports franchises in the States and in the world. Um, and the fact that it still is with all of that stuff going on tells you how big this fan base is. And it also tells you just, you know, how bad Snyder's been. And then to be able to possibly get rid of him, I, I think would... I think all fans would accept that that's going to lead to a better chance of long-term success than just a, a one-off Super Bowl would.
1: So how is it worth 5 billion when they're named the commanders? <laughs>
0: Come I, I on! Don't know. That I couldn't right on! That, that was
1: right there to dunk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, I, I do wonder whether a new owner might contemplate trying to change the name again and whether they, they there's any kind of rules that suggest they, they can't change the name for a certain period of time or or what that that's um, I guess that's all to come in the in the in the coming months
1: I will remain steadfast that Washington football team was actually kind of awesome and they should have just stuck with it and look if if somebody else buys the team comes in and says commanders the hell does that mean Let's just go back to football team. That was super cool. In fact, even just like the jerseys that were kind of, they didn't really have like a logo on them, but they were just the colors, which Washington has some of the great colors in all of sports on their jerseys. Like just just roll with that. That would be my new suggestion to the owner. Don't draft people for your GMs. Let them do that. And uh, don't use the cheerleaders as strippers and then change the name back. Those, you do that and you're a huge upgrade over Daniel Snyder. It's amazing. I mean, to be like in a in a group of owners that have all sorts of uh, characters and that do all sorts of crazy stuff in general, mostly, if not all billionaires, to stand out like this really takes ex- exceptional, exceptional, deplorable activity. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the best way I can put it.
0: It, it is, it's almost impressive if it wasn't so dreadful what he's put people through. Um, and, and yeah, it's, um, it feels like it's been a long time coming. And it feels like for the last at least 10 years, it feels like that every story that comes out is like, is this finally the one that gets him out? Is this finally the one? And it, there's been so many kind of almost, I don't want to say false dawns, but, but because like every one of those stories has contributed to it. And, and every one of those stories that, comes with the serious allegations they come with is is meaningful um, and matters. But until now, until this sort of last year or two, it's always been, you know, Snyder and the league kind of just brush it off and say nothing matters and we're fine and don't worry about it. And and he's been so steadfast. Two weeks ago, they had that statement after Jim Irsay, um came out publicly against him. They had that statement that they put out saying that, the Snyders have no reason to sell the franchise and they won't. And they put that kind of as a big statement at the end of it. And that was just two weeks ago. So something's probably happened behind the scenes, either the the pressure is mounted and he realizes that he's in a bad spot or whatever's happened that there's reports today that Tanya Snyder, who was kind of filling in for Dan Snyder, um, was got booed during the the last home game when when she was put on the Jumbotron and I can't imagine that she wouldn't have expected that but I guess maybe she was blind to it and um apparently that was the final straw for for her to supporting it and all sorts of stuff like that so hopefully hopefully this is the end of the the Dan Snyder reign and then someone new will come in and and we'll get a, a change in fortunes.
1: You mean that him trying to put it out there that he had dirt on all the other owners was not the last straw. (laughs) It was his wife being booed. I mean, what a time to be alive. So I feel like I could talk about this all day because I'll just keep roasting them and Dan Snyder. And I remember it wasn't even that long ago. I was watching an old Brad Johnson game as a Washington football quarterback. And uh, whoever the broadcasters were on the game, this is from like 96, are like this new owner, Dan Snyder, He wants to win. He's going to do everything to win. This guy, he's going to take this franchise back to the greatest, like old takes exposed on that one. That didn't (laughs) exactly work out. Now, I will say, though, that uh, as I pour over all the analytics and my uh, newsletters, which I get in my email all the time from you, uh, here's what I think of the Washington football team. I don't think they're that bad. Uh, I think that there's some bad things, but there's also some good things. And I think that if the Vikings are looking at this game like, hey, we're just going to cruise into D.C. Kirk's going to get his revenge. I mean, kind of got his revenge by Daniel Snyder having to sell the team, but that's here <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but but Kirk's going to get his revenge game and we're six and one. They're not that good. They're playing a backup quarterback. I think if the Vikings think that we just made a big trade, we're a real contender. Uh, they can lose this game because of the way Washington has been playing on the defensive side recently. Uh, agree or disagree?
0: Yeah, I I, I would tentatively agree. I, I still think the Vikings sh- should be favorites. And if they, you know, if they show up and take it as it's another NFL game and we need to play our best, they, they should win and probably comfortably. Um, but there oh, there's is no talent. comfortable.
1: Have you looked at their scores? There's no comfortably. It does not <laughs> happen. It does not matter who they're playing. Comfortably does not happen. Not for <laughs> well, years.
0: <laughs> in in theory, at least. Um, but there's certainly enough players, enough talent on Washington's roster that can hurt any team. And, and, and that defensive line that they have. And I, I think we've spoken about it before. The defensive line didn't necessarily play up to their talent last year. Um, this year, even with Chase Young sidelined, and he's only just coming back from his ACL now. um, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen have been superb. And and their defensive line has been really stout. And the linebackers behind them have been improving. And that defensive front has really seen a a nice improvement. And and they're not just individuals that are talented, but not working together. Now they're starting to mesh together. Now they're starting to run stunts where one player will open things up for another. and, And, They're starting to maximize what they they can be, and and that's encouraging for them on defense. But um, they still have a very shaky couple of parts of their team. The the secondary, the safeties are really good, but the corners are quite bad, uh, and they lack depth. And and they just traded William Jackson uh, to the Steelers, so um, they're even thinner at cornerback than they were. um, And the guys that are there have been struggling. Um, and obviously there's the, the offense problem with you know Carson Wentz being Carson Wentz and then getting hurt, and, and Taylor Heineke being the Taylor Heineke experience of seems to be terrible for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter turns himself into Tom Brady. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's been an interesting roller coaster, and, and if the commanders can keep it close um, going into that fourth quarter, then, then maybe that Taylor Heineke magic kind of keeps it um, interesting, but... I think if the Vikings play to their potential and you know, take it as a serious game and 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 aren't like, oh we'll take the foot out of the gas a little bit. It's only it's only Washington. I think as long as they don't do that, they they should be able to win the game.
1: I mean, I think so too, and I agree with you. There's a part of me that wants to pick Washington. Now I have listened to this, you'll never believe it. You'll never believe it. I've picked every game correctly this year for the Vikings. Every game. I've never done this before. This is my longest streak ever. Uh, and not, but this one I'm nervous because I'm like, I should be picking them to win because of what you just said. Look, you're a better team, right? Like you've got a, a real quarterback, not just a backup who's kind of running around doing crazy things like Taylor Heineke. And you have Justin Jefferson against a poor uh, cornerback group that, that just screams 200 yard game or whatever. Um, Zadarius Smith is just playing at a super high level. You've injected some energy into your team by going all in trading for a tight end and TJ Hawkinson, who can be a game changer. Everything says you should go to DC and win this game. But there's one thing that keeps holding me back. One player who keeps holding me back, Jonathan Allen. And in the past, in the past, the Akeem Hicks, The Kenny Clark and J.J. Watt almost did this last week to them. I mean, Kirk was pressured repeatedly, had a strip sack late in the game. Like, you know, this as Washington observer that there is a there is a kryptonite to him that I, I think is a big concern going against this team because that defensive line is very violent. And the Vikings interior offensive line is very weak still.
0: Yeah. And I I think that'll be where Washington is hoping that if if they can pull something off, it's going to be because of that defensive line. Um, and that, that group can really mask a lot of things. And it has done really well for this win streak that Washington are on. Um, the, the way the defensive line has been able to generate pressure, as I say, as a unit where they, they are working together and, and running stunts and, and, um, creating opportunities for each other rather than just it being four guys and just rush and, and hope that one of them wins a matchup um that they're actually scheming mm-hmm. things up and, and and maximizing their talents and and that is really impacting quarterbacks and, and their ability to throw and i think we saw with, with aaron Rodgers with the packers a few weeks ago it, he was it was the fastest he had in times of in terms of time to delivery um it was the fastest all season for him so um, he, they, they're able to generate pressure. Um, their sack numbers aren't necessarily top of the league, but they, the amount of pressure they can get, especially from the interior, with as you say, Jonathan Allen is something else. And, and he he really took a step forward over the last few years, and and this year he's sort of taking almost another step forward, and he's adding some more moves to his game, um, and that is really um, really hard to deal with for for most guards and, and centers. So. Um, he's uh, he's someone that definitely has game wrecking potential
1: folks, you've heard me talk about liquid death, and I'm glad to see that some of you are getting on board. I got a great tweet from a listener the other day talking about how liquid death has helped him kick sugary drinks and slim down. And also, for the longest time, my wife was the type of person to carry a water bottle everywhere because she didn't like the idea of buying so many plastic bottles. Well, that's the reason it's called liquid death, to bring an end to plastic bottles and instead use aluminum cans, which are easier to to recycle for profit and do not end up turning into trash. Liquid Death is even donating 10% of its profits to kill plastic usage. So you're gonna wanna look for Liquid Death Mountain Water and flavored sparkling water in the water section. And here's how you find it. It looks like a beer can. It's the only water that looks like a tall boy. So whether you wanna use it to drink more water or confuse your coworkers by bringing in something that looks like a beer can to work, you can find Liquid Death at Hy-Vee, Target, Walmart, 7-Eleven, and many more stores. Find out where, liquiddeath.com slash insider. That's liquiddeath.com insider.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where
1: Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. And as far as we know, uh, I don't know if the Vikings will make a change. There's a good case to make a change at right guard. They probably won't. Uh, They have one of the lowest PFF graded guards and highest allowed pressure guards in the league in Ed Ingram. And this just seems like an absolute nightmare matchup. Um, Now, I, I always fear when I talk to somebody who covers the team that the Vikings are playing of being like the guy where I'll go on an opposing team radio station, they'll be like, how's the offense? How's the defense? So I don't want to be like that, but I do have to ask the the run defense for Washington. How's it doing? Because this is going to matter a lot. This is going to matter a lot because last week against, against Arizona, they were destroying the interior of the Vikings offensive line. Cousins was under pressure Aside from that one crazy touchdown run, he wasn't, like, escaping as usual or anything like that, uh, just kind of staying in his one spot. But the counter was they just ran all over Arizona. If the Vikings can run, they can win pretty much any game. Uh, is that an option for them against this? Because they have a good run-blocking offensive line. It's very much legit uh, going up against this Washington team.
0: Yeah, um, the run defense has been a bit up and down. Uh, what What's kind of come to fruition over the last few weeks is the the interior guys are very good and and you know jonathan allen and Ron Payne. it's very hard to run inside toward those guys and so defenses have, uh, sorry offenses opposing washington that have basically taken the approach of we're not going to even try running inside we'll run to the edge we'll try things like jet sweeps we'll do the the crack toss things where they bring in a receiver a tight end and crack down on the end and and let the to, uh, toss the ball outside and run to the edge and washington's been a bit susceptible to that and, and the packers did that a few times I, I think they had something like four or five plays like that where they pick. they averaged something like eight yards to carry on those kind of plays um so um there are some uh, chances to attack this run defense but if you just try to run standard things between the tackles. Payne and allen and, and a couple of their other guys on that defense line rotation kind of eat that up and um, it, it's hard to it's hard to run on the inside um, but if you can get to the edge um, there there definitely are have been some opportunities and, and we've seen um, the, the tail of this defense is typically most runs go for less than three yards but mm. if they hit a hit a run to the edge, it could well be a 40 or 50 yard explosive play. And then and, and there's been, as I say, some jet sweeps, some crack tosses to the edge some a few outside zones where they didn't quite contain the edge. Um, but it's more been the kind of misdirection stuff um, where the defense gets pinned inside and um, the offense gets to the edge. So um, there are some opportunities, um, but I think if you're just kind of, run a standard run game and and try to work between tackles, it will be a a, a tough one for for them to move the ball that way.
1: I just, it just hit me, just realized that, uh, we're this deep in the season. And for the first time, since I started doing purple insider, we're like talking about how a team plays against the run, as opposed to like, who are they trading next off season? And, and for even Washington being competitive as well. Like we get, we get a hardcore breakdown here. This is actually great. Uh I, you know, I, I need to not take this for granted because the last few seasons have been who's getting fired uh, at this point. Um Taylor Heineke, though. We got to talk more Taylor Heineke. We've talked Taylor Heineke before. Uh, what was he, an Omaha Nighthawk or something? Uh, in the of the of the XFL, not even the starter. And he has come in and won football games for them and made them competitive, competitive in a playoff game against Tom Brady at one point. And there's no evidence to really suggest Taylor Heineke is a good quarterback, but he is a but he is a could-do-enough-against-you quarterback, a classic, if-this-guy-has-a-good-enough-team-he-could-probably-win-half-the-games type of guy, and he's a barrel of fun. Uh, And then, for whatever reason, when somebody gives 110, if they dive for the first down, if they kind of get excited and pumped up, things, their teammates seem to come along with them, and your teammates do not care how you won. They'll get behind any quarterback who wins. It seems like from watching them, there's belief in Taylor Heineke, maybe like body language wise that there was not with Carson Wentz. And it's almost like, and maybe it's a hot take to say, but it's almost like you, if you're the Vikings, you would have rather faced Carson Wentz because it just seems so miserable with him, even if he's more talented, that there's something about the way Heineke plays, his athleticism, his willingness to run, his willingness to heave a ball up down the field that, you, you have to be a little concerned that he's going to have one of those kind of games where it's ugly and he throws like two picks, but sort of finds a way to get it done.
0: Yeah, and the, the thing with Heineke is I think you're absolutely right. The, the team loves him, and, and there is no doubt that he I, – I don't think anyone has a, a problem with Carson Wentz in the locker room, but the moment Taylor Heineke comes on the field, there's a different sort of – Feel in the atmosphere and, and then the team absolutely rallies around him and then that's that doesn't mean that taylor heineke is suddenly a multiple super bowl winning quarterback but it certainly means something to a team and it might give them an extra five percent in a game and, and he's going to give his all and he's going to as you say he's going to do those you know those gritty runs for the diving for the pylon to get the first down and, and take some hits and, and show some heart and that definitely goes a long way with the rest of the team, um, and and they absolutely love him, and they they've really rallied around him these last few weeks, and and I, I have no doubt that that's played a, a significant part in their ability to win the last few games. Um, I, I would also point out that the first three quarters of most of both of those two games, they could quite easily have lost those games way before they had a chance to come back into them. Um, that the Packers game that he started two weeks ago, he probably uh, I I had it as something like. Uh, five of his first eleven throws could have been intercepted, and one of them was a pick six. But the rest could have been as well. Um, and, and if the Packers hold on to like one or two or more of those interceptions, they probably put that game out of sight before Washington has a chance to come back. Um, and, and that's why this is kind of one of those dangerous teams where you don't take them seriously, you don't make, you know, you don't take full advantage of the opportunities that someone like Heineke will give you with possible turnovers. Um, and you don't get yourself out to an early lead where you can be comfortable, then if that if the defense can hold Washington in the game, then then t- Heineke gets to the fourth quarter and turns into a different guy. Where it's like, okay, this is this is Heineke time, and I'll <laughs> scramble around and I'll throw the ball to Terry McLaurin seventy yards down the field, and my arm can only carry it forty yards, and McLaurin's going to have to come back and make some amazing play. But Terry McLaurin's good enough to do that, and um, so they they have. Enough of a threat with, as I say, Terry McLaurin, and Curtis Samuels had a really good year. Um, Antonio Gibson seems to be revitalized in a little bit of a different role where he's catching more passes. So they've got enough weapons to be a threat that if the game is kept close for long enough and, and the fourth quarter Heineke turns up, then, then the Vikings might be in a bit of trouble. But um, I, I, there should still also be opportunities for the Vikings to put the game to bed before it gets to that stage.
1: Yeah, and this is where the Vikings do have a strength, which is they catch the ball when you throw it to them. Uh, well, I mean, we're talking about like Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, like these guys pick off passes when mistakes are made, and that's part of the reason they're two great players even in their older age. Um, so if you give them opportunities, they can make plays, and they I would call them an opportunistic defense that gets sacks and gets interceptions, and they have to play that way. Uh, but I also look at Terry McLaurin and think. If you threw every pass to him, the Vikings will not stop you. He could get 300 yards. I mean, because the the last couple of weeks, it it took Arizona half the game to be like, oh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins isn't suspended anymore. He didn't even do anything for the first maybe 20 minutes of the game. And then the rest of the game puts up well over 100 yards. Uh, Going back to Tyreek Hill, he had a – third-string quarterback, then a second-string quarterback, and he went for 150 yards. Like This defense really has no capability to shut down a top-notch number one receiver. And I think McLaurin, like no one is underrated in the NFL because it's the NFL, but McLaurin goes under least appreciated because of who his quarterbacks have been And if there's more comfort there with Heineke and McLaurin after a couple of weeks, that, that could be something that ends up playing a role for them because I I just don't think the Vikings have much of an answer for elite top receivers.
0: Yeah. And, and McLaurin is very much an elite top receiver in my eyes. Um, And yeah, I agree with you. Like the, the, the kind of relationship he seems to have with Heineke and McLaurin held out this offseason to get his contract. And so he didn't have, uh, the kind of off-season reps they normally would have with a quarterback, and and so him and Carson Wentz weren't quite on the same page, and and Wentz had developed more of a trust with the the rookie Jahan Dotson and um and some Kurt- trust with Curtis Samuel who'd been um around and healthy, so um Wentz was kind of leaning more on those two, and he still had a couple of shots to McClure and and hit on one or two, but um Heineke's come in and definitely kind of given them an emphasis of well, if we get a one-on-one matchup, I'm going to Terry McLaurin and he's not afraid to just give him a chance. And, and we saw that in the, as I say, the Packers game a few weeks ago in that fourth quarter, um, Heineke and McLaurin took over. And then last last week that I think everyone's seen that outrageous catch that he had over Stephon Gilmore on the goal line to to basically win them the game. So um, yeah, McLaurin is, uh, in my eyes, he's a, he's a top, top elite NFL wide receiver um, and He's starting to play with that kind of mentality of, get me the ball, I'm going to go make a play, and and that is a threat to I think any defense. That's a threat to, but um, especially one that you know they, they've struggled over this season to to lock down top receivers. I, I think McLaurin's definitely a threat.
1: Okay, as far as the um, Carson Wentz conversation goes, uh, what a wild ride, what a journey. So Russell Wilson doesn't want to go to Washington. Can't blame him for that. Anybody who says, I didn't want to go to that team, you're like, yeah, (laughs) of course not. Uh, But uh, that doesn't look so great in Denver at this moment with the way that Russell Wilson has performed. Uh, The Jimmy Garoppolo thing was out there as a possibility. He had the shoulder problem. Now he looks okay. And they instead go with Carson Wentz for a reasonable amount. Uh, of Trey, but not like anything that ruins the franchise, like the Russell Wilson deal, if that one goes sideways. But if they keep winning with Heineke, even to be a 500 team, they got to stay with him, right? Like Like they're not so locked into this thing. Like, oh, we made this trade, but it wasn't, oh, we made this trade for nine draft picks. So we have to really live or die with Carson Wentz. This to me is a thing that just didn't really work. And the backups playing okay, and you probably just stay with Taylor Heineke if the dudes like him better, right? I, I don't think they have any obligation to go back to Carson Wentz.
0: No, I don't. I don't think they they will if they keep winning. Um, I think, I, I think realistically, there's two ways about it. And it's um, if they keep winning, then you can't not keep playing Taylor Heineke. And if they start losing and the playoffs are out of out of reach, especially the way the rest of the division's playing what like the Eagles are 7-0 and the Cowboys and the Giants are both what six and two or something like that so they're they're still behind in the division even though they're four and four or whatever it is now they're still behind um significantly so if they lose the next couple games then um when Wentz comes back from his injury it's a case of do we want to go back to Wentz and be a middling team and not make the playoffs or do we want to maybe give the young guy Sam Howell a chance and and see what he can do so uh I I think it's hard to find a path back for Wentz, um, unless they win games but Heineke is a detriment to the team, like he's or he gets hurt himself. Like if, if he's throwing five picks and their defense is somehow managing to win them games, then maybe they make the decision to go back to Wentz. But the other factor involved in that is the Wentz trade um was a second round pick this year and then a third round pick next year, and the third round pick next year can become a second if he plays 70 percent of the snaps so um that equates to roughly about six games and he's going to miss guaranteed four being on ir um and so you kind of would imagine if if they kind of are thinking he's not a long-term guy you probably want him to miss an extra two um and not have to raise that traffic um so i i would think they would probably end up sticking with heineke um especially if they're playing the Vikings this week, and then they've got the Eagles next week. If they win one of those games, and Heineke is even remotely decent, I think they then go right. Heineke's our guy, and and they'll they'll roll with him.
1: Folks, I know you've heard me talk about Soda Stick for a long time now, but I'm telling you, you have to start following them on social media for new, fresh gear they are releasing all the time. Of course, they have the classics like the Moss Moon design and the Metrodome shirts and hoodies. But as the local teams go along in their seasons, Soda Stick is constantly putting out new stuff. Whether it's the new Horn State gear or the Vicodontus Rex shirts, lots and lots more from all the Minnesota clubs. Go to SodaStick.com dot com and follow them at SodaStick on Twitter. That is S O T A S T I C K dot com on Twitter and use the code purpleInsider to get 15% off your purchase. So I think they have a lot of talent on the team overall, like not a good team, but a lot of talented players to work with going forward. Uh, And you've got this kind of awkward quarterback situation with with Wentz, but you can move on from it, which was always a a big bonus. Like he'll get you competitive, but, you know, you're not locked in long term. But when you look at the league at large, Mark, there's a lot of people who are drafting quarterbacks next year. (laughs) I mean, a lot. So what's the what's the plan? I mean, like, let's say they're a 500 team and they miss the playoffs. They go eight and nine. And boy, adding that extra game really screwed that up, didn't it? Like nine and eight, we're right there. Eight and nine. Oh, dang, we're terrible. Um, but, uh, but, you know, that kind of team, which is kind of where they're at. You can't really draft a quarterback, though, unless you're giving up a ton of draft capital because – I mean, I don't have to go through all the teams, but uh, there's more than five teams or six teams in the first 15 that are going to draft quarterbacks. So I guess I just wonder what you think that they will do. Like, are they going to go back to the well of trying to find another team's quarterback? What are they going to do with that situation long-term? Because clearly, like, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Taylor Heineke, but, you know, he he gives you – all these guys give you flexibility. Like, you're not locked into Howell as a high pick. You're not locked into Wentz. So what should be their approach?
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's a tough one to know. Um, and especially if there is a change in ownership, then a change in ownership might tend to a change in GM and head coach. And, and then you're in an entirely new organization and regime and, and who knows what's gonna happen. Um, I, I think the thing that they did when they traded for Wentz, they didn't adjust his contract deliberately because the contract basically they can get out of it without any dead cap um next summer or next off season so um and if they were really fully committed on Wentz they could have you know adjusted that contract given themselves a little bit more cap room to spend on maybe the offensive line or find another cornerback in free agency this year and they didn't do that so clearly they had a, a few reservations about what Wentz is um so yeah if they if they end up in that scenario where they're kind of a 500 team and they miss the playoffs then and that is a an incredibly likely scenario um I think Wentz ends up being cut um and unless there's some kind of free agent quarterback that has I don't know played with Scott Turner or played under Rivera before that they they like um I think they'd probably end up trying to draft someone um maybe a big trade up uh, and try to go make a play for whoever the one of the top five quarterbacks is and try to go that way or maybe they they give it to heineke and 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 let him be the guy until sam howell develops behind him and they they, they judge sam howell to be ready um and that might be kind of a, a kick the can down the road till the year after where they might have a higher draft pick and and, and a new organization and 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 be able to find that quarterback then um but yeah it certainly it kind of it did kind of kick the can down the road to this year to if they end up missing out on the playoffs, then what good did that Wentz trade do? And um, yeah, I think they would end up moving on from him.
1: Yeah. I think that they're like in a good and bad position, like probably a little too good to get that great draft pick, but also good in that they have flexibility. And when you're not locked in, Uh, And, you know, Sam Howell, I'm sure that people who watch preseason football are like, oh, yeah, Sam, like, come on now. And this is this is my I was Sam Howell defender guy coming out in the draft. I was like, oh, maybe. But you drop to the fifth round. Like, yeah, okay. check in with me like five years from now when you're talking (laughs) about a guy in the fifth round. Um, So, okay, let's end on this because I think I know I don't have to ask, like, who you picking for this game? Like, you think the Vikings will win? Yes. Yeah. Trying to decide whether to go out on the limb and say Washington just because I might do it. I might do it just for Jonathan Allen alone. It's been a good model for me for picking games. Is does the other team have some freak show defensive tackle? I might do it. We'll see. Uh, but here's what I want to ask you: uh, of all the touchdown scorers through the air, receiving touchdowns of Washington's football team, Washington bad name, Washington Commanders, uh, five of the top fifteen in team history. Uh, have come since 2000. Started playing since 2000. Can you name the players that are in the top 15 in Washington football history of catching touchdown passes since 2000?
0: Uh, I would guess Santana Moss would probably be up there. That is
1: correct. He is seventh in squadron history, just behind Bobby Mitchell and Gary Clark. So a good, good career for Santana Moss.
0: Yeah, Moss was a good player. Um, I want to say Pierre Garcon because he was there for a while. Did he? Correct. I don't know if he caught that many touchdowns though. He did. He did. Yes, he um, did.
1: Uh, but I mean, you get into the top five with 21 touchdowns or top right. 15. Sorry, top 15. Uh, he is 14th in team right. history. Good player. D three. Pierre Garcon. Yeah.
0: yeah, very good player. Um, uh, would would tight end Chris Cooley be? Or were, are we talking wide receivers only? Ah, Chris, uh, Chris Cooley's Cooley there.
1: Yeah, I was counting tight ends. Sorry, I said wide. Okay. Well, no, I said receiving touchdowns. So yes, right. Chris Cooley is there. He is ninth in history from 2004 ninth. to 2012. And uh, didn't isn't Chris Cooley's claim to fame that he was dating a cheerleader on the team and they fired her, <laughs> as if as if he was the one that did something wrong with cheerleaders.
0: Yeah, no, he um he's kind of got an interesting history, and uh, he. Actually, they had the at the Packers game. They had the alumni there, and he declined the invitation to go and be part of the alumni day, um, which is an interesting one. But uh, yeah, he uh, he has some history there. Um, But he was a good player. uh, Caught a lot of touchdowns. Tight ends typically do. Um,
1: There's two uh, more. One you will absolutely get, and the other one, if you get, man, I'll I'll Venmo you ten bucks if you get the
0: (laughs) other one. Since um, 2000. Since 2000. The one that comes to my mind right now is Jordan Reed, another tight end. Um, yep. I'd imagine he's in there. Uh, and then, yep, that's correct. And then another receipt, another. Uh, would it be another tight end or would it be a receiver? Give me it a is
1: another wide receiver. Yep.
0: Okay. Um, so I'll stall
1: for you. you. You have gotten so far Santana Moss, Chris Cooley, Jordan Reed, Pierre Garcon. You've done excellently for yourself. And there's one more receiver that absolutely no one remembers. No one. <laughs>
0: the, the name that came to mind was Antoine Randallel, but I don't think he'd be on there.
1: He is not. It's a good it's no. a good guess. Uh he's honestly nowhere close, but it's a good no. guess. Um I I am struck I'm going to have to look at this guy's page to even give you a hint for this. The hint takes away the $10 Venmo though. Sorry. Okay. That's fine. This um early 2000 first round pick.
0: Early 2000 first-round pick.
1: This was, I mean, the flash-in-the-panniest flash-in-the-pan receiver. Had a great start to his career and then never did anything again.
0: My mind's Sorry. drawn a blank. I can't remember this one.
1: Maybe if you were like a Madden 03 player or something, you no, would remember
0: Rod Gardner. Rod Gardner. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that one.
1: How about Rod Gardner had uh, 71 catches for a thousand yards and eight touchdowns in 2002, and then by 2005, dude is done. He he played he play, I mean just done like almost never played again. He played for Carolina, Green Bay, Kansas City, and caught a total of 13 passes and was out of the league by 06. There's like a 30. There's gotta be a 30 for 30 about what happened to Rod Gardner.
0: <laughs> Must have Isn't been. everybody injuries.
1: thrilled? They listened. <laughs> this. Terry McLaurin's not far away by the way he's 21st
0: no he'll be 21st. catching up I imagine he um he soars up that list in the next few years
1: tell all your friends Mark Roger. I tell you Harper. what
0: Jahan How'd Dotson's you- gonna be up that list he had four <laughs> touchdowns in the first few games before he got hurt so
1: it gets you a fifth of the way there <laughs> um So uh, anyway, well, uh, congratulations, at least on the news for um, Daniel Snyder, potentially moving on from this team and Bank of America. This is a total Internet joke, but like just go with BOA, not BOFA, because that's something else. Anyway, so um, (laughs) you have to be online way too much to get the joke. And I apologize for everybody who is not. (laughs) But uh, um, at Mark Bullock, which is with a U, B U L L O C K, like the old um, Keith Bullock, you're slightly different in stature. Uh, but uh, your no, honestly, like everything you write that pops up in my email, I read. So check out your Substack and your Twitter. You do terrific X's and O's analysis of this Washington football team, and just the. The commitment to the bit to keep doing it. I mean, I you got a big heart, Mark. I want to say that as well because th- that's just a struggle.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it can be at times, you know, when it's, um, you know, fourth quarter and been, you know, what would be for me in the UK a 1 a.m. start and it's, you know, sort of four in the morning and they're, they're down, what, 30 to two or something like that and <laughs> you're kind of thinking, why the hell are you staying up this late for this? But, um, yeah, it, yeah. Um, Hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel with this uh, Snyder knees. Love
1: of the game, Mark, love of the game. So uh, again, follow him on Twitter, Mark Bullock, NFL, one of my favorite follows. And I'm really glad that we could get together and do this. I, I, I just sent you a message that was like, you know what time it is. It's time for us to talk about this game. So uh, I am very interested to see how this plays out. And maybe this will be my first miss of the year in picking Washington to upset the Vikings. We'll see. Uh, but thanks for all your time and thanks for all your, your great work and great insight on this um, woe-be-gone franchise. Great stuff, Mark.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for having me.